Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Complete Center's Guide. My name is Tyler, I'm your host, and to be straight up with you guys, I'm new to this, but from what I've seen in the 28 years I've been alive, is that there's a lot of people just like us on the show in desperate, desperate need of Jesus. So with me today, I've got Noah Chalaya and Brad Magger. Guys, how is it going? Hey, pretty good. Thanks, Thanks for having man. Us. Yeah, so why don't you, uh, Noah, I mean, let's. I guess let's start this out by telling some people about yourself. And um, Brad, you can follow up after he's done. Yeah, for sure, man. So uh, I, I guess I, I, I've always wanted like a, a, a cool testimony or a cool uh, come to Jesus moment. And I, I don't have it, right? Like it's one of those things like getting a testimony is, sounds like a great idea, but it also sounds like a real pain. And I, I grew up in a, in a strong Christian household. I, I, I'm now married to a strong Christian woman and we're raising our kids in a strong Christian household. So I, I don't have that that walk of this is the moment that my life hit rock bottom after I got done with drugs and alcohol and, 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 you know, promiscuous sex, that that's not me. Um, and so I come at religion and I come at Christianity with uh, somewhat of a different view than a lot of people that have been saved, but I've learned to embrace my story and I've learned to, uh, I guess, try to use my story as an example for other people or as a way to relate to other people. Right yeah. On. And, uh, and, and uh, I'm I'm Brad. I'm kind of a similar story to Noah in, in that respect. Like, uh, you know, I'm I am a complete sinner. Uh, like like the show title uh, refers to. It's actually talking about me. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't <laughs> I didn't really have a huge uh, you know horrible rock bottom moment that drove me to Jesus either. Like, I was raised in in a Christian family. Uh, you know, uh, semi, uh, like I was also in sort of a broken home, like parents divorced and all that. But, uh, my mom raised me to, to know Christ from an early age. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I praise him for that. And, uh, I still stumble daily and, uh, fail to live up to my calling, but that is, uh, why I'm so grateful for God's grace. So I guess I'm different than, than both of you guys, actually. Um, I actually grew up in a semi-Christian home, I guess you could say. We never really um, enforced going to church on Sundays, and that really affected me um, because I didn't grow up in that environment with you know Christians and, and God and all this, and I kind of had to figure it out um, on my own. I say that in quotes. Um, but no, I was 18, moved to Florida. I'm originally from Indiana. 18, moved to Florida and got heavy, heavy, heavy into pills, uh, drugs, and promiscuous sex. So opposite of Noah, <laughs> actually. Um, but yeah, and then um, I think the worst time, the worst of my worst was whenever I was going to the hospital seven times in seven days, literally, um, to get shot up with some morphine. And my buddy, yeah. Um, my dad's friend, my dad's 78 years old to, uh, now, but um, my dad's buddy, uh, Hoot, actually came in and that guy never gave up on me. He just kept telling me the gospel that Jesus died for, you know, incomplete or, you know, incomplete people. And that's, that's the main reason. I mean, I have this, you know, I got this story and I want to share it and I want people to know god that's the main reason for doing this i want people to know the gospel like he never gave up on me so i don't want to give up on anybody else out there um 
So it's just a little background, I guess. Amen to that, brother. Praise God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and like I said, I, you know, I came to know him in, you know, I said myself, but no, he was, God was always right there, you know, and like, I, I, I really think he set the blocks in place, you know, for me to, you know, hit rock bottom and to realize my need for him because it wouldn't have happened any other way. But that's, that's why, you know, this show is what it is that, you know, the complete sinner's guide, because we all, Every single one of us, until we get out of this flesh, we're going to sin. Is that okay? No, absolutely not. Um, but at the same time, we are human, and Jesus died for sins. Um, so if there's anything you guys want to add to that, um, Brad or Noah, man, feel free. I, I guess what I would say is that um, you know, Jesus didn't visit the home of the people that were well, right? He, it doesn't make sense for a doctor to visit right. the pe home of the people that are well, and Jesus didn't do that. And so... Um, to a certain degree, is is sin permissible? Never. But is sin to right. be accepted as part of human nature? And is sin to be um, something that is to be expected? I think the answer is yes, right? And that can be a little confusing because it can be confusing to be expecting sin to happen without um, acknowledging that it's okay. I guess is the, the way I would put right. that, right? If my kids jump on the bed, it's not a permissible thing to do. It, for them to fall off the bed is to be expected. And it's not that I want my kids to fall off the bed. It's just that I know that's the consequence of jumping on the bed. And the consequence of being born in a sinful world is to be sinful. And so it, 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 the sooner that I think we as Christians can begin to accept that and wrap our heads around the fact that sin is to be expected, I think it puts us in a much better position to become welcoming to people that are of sin to talk to them about the one thing that actually matters in the Bible, which is salvation. Right, yeah. right. And I don't want it to come off like we accept sin. That's not the message that we're trying to display and trying to portray to people. No, I mean, but at the same time, I think the verse that really hits this is John, or 1 John 2, 1. It says, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if you do, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus. And, and I think that sums absolutely. this up perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. And like you, you never see, you know, in, in scripture, you never see any of the apostles or, or disciples or any of them like claiming to be without sin, right? Like you see the opposite. You say, if any, you see them say, if anyone claims to be without sin, you're talking to a liar. Like <laughs> everyone yeah. is a sinner and remains a sinner. Paul said, you know, uh, I do what I do not want to do, uh, you know, right. daily. Like I'm, I'm struggling with sin constantly i have these right. two natures that are, that are at war with one another uh so yeah i mean that's you know if, if we're gonna be if we're gonna be honest with ourselves that's us too and and we have no place to uh to stand in judgment over anyone else because of that because you know such were us right. as well right mm -hmm. like we're sinners too and and our goal is not to uh you know it's never to to stand in like superiority over anyone at all. It's, you know, the reason we preach the gospel is we want people to know Jesus and be saved, right? To spend eternal eternity, uh, alive with him. Like, you know, so at least that's my motivation. And that's really what about you guys? 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I think, you know, we're going to touch on that a little bit later as well, because, you know, this, this episode is going to be about why God created even in the first place. If he knew that he was going to deal with a whole bunch of sinners, well, why in the world bother? And the question is, or the answer is for his glory. Um, so, Noah, um, do you got anything else you want to add to that before we dive in? No, I'm, I'm excited. I, the thing is, I, it's very difficult for me to find other people that uh, really love digging into biblical doctrine, so I think it'll be really fun to do it with both of you guys. Yeah. Heck yeah, yeah dude. It's going to be great. Um, yeah, and of course we picked uh, for the, the first topic probably the biggest stinking topic you could think of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we did. Span, like, go big or you go could do an entire. <laughs> yeah, dude, you could do an entire like podcast on this topic, like entire series but um yeah i mean the glory of god as the you know the primary motivation behind everything like you know that's that's a concept we don't see talked about a lot uh especially in like evangelical circles and things like that but i mean you know why do we do what we do you know that that's the that is the fundamental reason uh behind why god does everything and you know I, I think deep down we all know that, uh, but we don't really hear it discussed much, which I find to be a shame. Uh, sure. But, yeah. Well, before you, know, you know, before we even decided to do this, Brad, I asked if you'd come on as a guest to talk about it. You know, I think we were going to talk about something like limited atonement or definite atonement. And you said, well, <laughs> yeah, why I was don't like, we do the let's, first Let's episode. ramp up into that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so why, so why did God create? And I told you, I said, I haven't heard a sermon on this yet. And it could just be my lack of listening to sermons. It could be. But, you know, I clicked around. I found uh, John Piper's um, Why Did God Create the World? And I thought it was extremely, extremely inter- interesting. Yeah. So, he's real heavy on that stuff, man. He's real heavy on that stuff. He, uh, yeah, um, yeah. you know, he's kind of... Uh, in in the same sort of vein as like the Puritans, like if you read the a lot of the old Puritan works and stuff, like you're seeing the glory of God like talked about everywhere, you know, and um, that's why you know I highly recommend guys like John Jonathan Edwards and John Owen and you know even people who are a little easier to read <laughs> from from the Puritans, <laughs> but um, yeah, but yeah, um, I mean even like even in the uh, you know I I Tyler and I. Um, I'm not 100% sure about Noah's background, but I think we come out of more the like Reformed tradition. Um, like mm-hmm. even in the the Reformed, um, like all the Reformed catechisms and stuff like that, uh, in the confessions, like that's central, right? Like the first question mm-hmm. in uh, in the Westminster Shorter Catechism, for example, is uh, what is the chief end of man? Meaning, why did, why did God create? humans why did god create man and the answer is to glorify and enjoy him forever um and there's tons of tons of scriptural proofs given to all those things but um yeah i mean it's unfortunately i think a a topic that we've kind of lost sight of uh maybe in the in the 21st century maybe even before that but um it's it should be as a as for any christian that should be the primary motivation behind everything we do 
Right. And this is a good topic for young or old. It doesn't matter if you've been a Christian for five minutes or a Christian for 50 years. This is always a good reference point to go back to is, well, why did God create me? You know, I, I tend to ask the question, why did God save me? But I think a bigger answer <laughs> is, you know, why did God create any of this? And this, and this, like you just said, uh, for man at least, it's to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And you know, why did God create any of this? It's simple. It's for His glory. Um, I do like what Piper said. He said, "Why did God create this world?" He said, "For the glory of God's grace displayed supremely in the death of Jesus Christ." And how spot on is that? Because Jesus is the center of this story. You know, His story, history. So, yeah, totally. And I do think that um, that the 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 word in that displayed is pretty key. Um, like, if if I were to take a crack at defining what God's glory is, which is a surprisingly difficult <laughs> uh, thing to do, I would probably <laughs> yeah. say something like God's glory is. I would say maybe the fullness of God's perfections on display, you know, like it's right. the manifestation of God's perfection. That that would be his glory, you know, um, and sure. And I think that's sure. I, biblically, I, I believe that's that's what we were created for was to uh, to behold his glory and also rejoice in it and, and glory in him. Right, absolutely. And it's like the, you know, the Semitic roots for the word glory, like how do we get the word glory? It comes from the Greek word doxa, and even more so, that stems from the Hebrew word kavod. I don't know if you guys are, you know, into Greek or Hebrew, but I just started learning Greek. And what's interesting is that it means weightiness or heaviness, you know. So whenever mm -hmm. th there is a sense of, you know, a weight to this glory it's not a uh well you know got yeah i'm going to describe god's glory for him today and i'm done checked it out you know check that off my list for today no it's so much more than that it's a lifestyle of glorifying god i don't we don't just put on our christian hats on sunday morning and then all right we're done for the rest of the week no um this is a very very sensitive but a very very weighty thing um, and ascribing God's glory, rejo rejoicing in it, um, and all of the above. So, um, when when we talk about God's glory and and why He created yes. everything, um, how would how would you defend uh, that um, scripturally? You know, from a biblical standpoint, like the idea that God's primary motive is, I mean. For lack of a better term, self-centered, right? He's he's centered upon himself uh, first and foremost, above the rest of his creation. Like he created everything for himself. Like I, I think Augustine, sure. uh, if you read, uh, if you've, I don't know if you ever read Augustine's Confessions. Um, I have one of the best I books ever, ever. One of the best books ever. In like the first page or so, there's this incredible line: uh, "You've create created us for yourself, O God." And our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. Um, and yeah, I think that's a that's a beautiful way of putting it. But uh, scripturally, how would how would you say you'd go about um, explaining that to somebody? Well, I guess for um, for human, and since you're talking about you know explaining it to somebody, I would first and foremost Ephesians one um, five and six. Mm -hmm. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through. 
as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he blessed us in the beloved. We are, because see, before I really understood that, you know, what you just said, Brad, about God and how he created us for him, to be perfectly honest, I thought, you know, this is unsaved Tyler, I guess you could say, but I thought God was extremely arrogant. And I think a lot of people, you know, tend to go to that, to that because of, you know, just, well, you know, just for the lack of, you know, shows like this. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, what do you mean God can tell us what to do? He's arrogant. I'm going to do whatever I want to. Not until you understand the fact that God actually did create us and he knows us best. He knows, it's not like God just laying down a bunch of rules for us. No, everything God has said is for a purpose and that purpose is ultimately for his glory. Um, Right. And and it's not arrogant, but go ahead. Yeah. And like you think about like his law, right? Like the 10 commandments, all Mm -hmm. that, like those are a reflection of his character, right? Like that's right. It's not arbitrary, his law or anything like that. Um, but you know, I, I, uh, to your point, uh, you know, can God sin? Can God violate his own law? Um, I think that's, you know, an absurd idea. Of course he can't, uh, you know, because he would be essentially uh, not God in in that case. So the first and most important commandment is you shall have no other gods before me. Can God break that commandment by prioritizing anything above himself? You know what I'm saying? Can God be an idolater? Of course not. Like, God has to, like, his glory, There, it could be no other way that his own glory and honor were his primary motivation. Uh, if he expects that of us, uh, as a reflection of his own, of his own character, it, it, it goes to stand that, you know, that that is also what we should expect God's motives to be, to be centered upon God. Right. And, uh, you know, there's well, a lot you, of good reasons for it, scripturally, uh, theologically, like we can get into all that, but. Mm-hmm. Well, I was talking to this, uh, to this lady last night and I asked her, do you think can God sin? Um, and we was talking about, you know, the standard of good and evil. And I said, do you think can God sin? Yes. Okay. So you have no standard then for what good is because if God's not the standard, then ultimately everything falls apart. So, and I think that goes with right. his glory as well. Um, if God could violate his... Oh, it looks like we may have uh, dropped uh, Tyler there for a second. So I guess, Brad, it's just you and me there for a second. Um, All right. Yeah, but... You he's know, probably freaking out right now. Well, you know, it's a, <clears throat> it could be that his battery died, right? Because, I mean, he's spent a lot of time... Uh, we, the, the amount of planning that goes into to a show... Uh, is is incredible and so what i really am thankful for in in tyler is that you know he kind of rose to the challenge he just kind of looked at it and said okay this is I, I know that there's a whole world of people out there dying and going to hell and we need to reach them we need to talk to them and so we started talking about it and said well what does that look like from a show and 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 this is kind of what resulted in that and so there's a huge amount of work that went to tyler and it looks like he's back with us now welcome back tyler Maybe not quite. Maybe he's uh, maybe he's in the process of figuring he, out. He's the, still recovering from his still, heart attack. 
<laughs> it just needs to calm down and start talking. Uh, I'm starting to see the meter move a little bit, so um, he's the process. He must be in the process of getting it working. But it, no, it's it's interesting to find people that have such a passion, um, such a passion for theology, right? And digging in because it can be kind of dry sometimes, and it can take a lot of reading and it can take a lot of studying. And so the fact that Tyler's willing to not only just read the Bible itself, but start to learn other languages, I think really yeah, and I think. I think a big reason, like like you said, that theology, like you don't get a lot of it, is a lot of people don't see the, they don't tend to see the practical, you know, implications of any, like what does it have to do with me, you know, like all this weighty, lofty, you know, theology, like like how does this affect me, you know, and I, I think that's probably a, a good opportunity that we we have on the show to be able to, you know, because we're all basically lay people right uh and so these these are things we've had to think through and figure out for ourselves it's like the so what part of it you know um and i think it's you know i think it's uh you know pretty much any point of theology will have practical applications and and you know like that's that's a big part of my heart and i know i'm just a guest on the show but you know that's that is one of my goals is to to help other people you know understand the truth of god's word in in a way that's digestible and and makes sense to them and and can be applied right um no it's like uh, tyler's dropping in and out uh, I'm not sure. I, yeah. I, he might. He, I, we actually we've got him back by phone. Hey, Tyler, welcome back in. Yeah, what's going on, guys? Sorry about that. I don't know what happened. Sportsnet <laughs> just failed. Predestination, right? <laughs> oh, there we yeah, go. That's so right. I, I'll let you guys pick up your discussion where you were. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, thank you. No. <laughs> All right, but yeah, I don't know what you guys heard uh, last, but I can repeat all that if you want. Yeah, go ahead and pick up. That's cool. Uh, no, I mean, like, basically what I was getting at, though, with it all, was that when it, if we can't, um, uh, like I said, I don't know if you guys heard about, you know, trusting God, um, but if we can't trust God, I was talking to this woman the other night, um, she said that God could sin, and if we can't trust Him, if He could sin, if He could break His own laws and violate His own character, in essence, then how would that look for us? And if we gave glory to this evil being, um, that just, it would be absolutely purposeless. Yeah. And as you know, that's, that's a good point. And scripture actually does touch on that too. And in, in, in a couple of points, um, like, like I think mm-hmm. Hebrews six, um, it talks about how it's impossible for God to, it's talking about the certainty of God's promise. Right. Um, and, it says, let's see, I think I have it written down. God made a promise to Abraham since he had no one greater by whom to swear. He swore by himself saying, I, surely I will bless you and multiply you. Uh, and thus Abraham having patiently waited to obtain the promise for people swear by something greater than themselves. And in all their disputes an oath is final for comp- confirmation. So when God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we uh, who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. Uh, so, and, and then it talks about how Christ 
is you know a sure and steadfast anchor for our soul and all that but what it's saying there is god is staking his reputation uh upon the promises that he's made with us and and we know that there is no because there is no higher priority to god than his own honor and glory and reputation um mm-hmm. it's impossible for him to lie and because of that if he has given us a promise it's impossible for him to go back on his promise to us um and so that i think that's a hugely practical implication that we can take away from this uh and i was just talking to noah that um you know it's it's hard when we talk about a lot of this theology to see okay why why does it matter like who cares well we can have absolute assurance of our salvation uh insofar as we know that christ is uh who he says he is and because god has staked his own reputation upon the promise that he's given us in christ uh he will never let us down and we can absolutely count on being saved through faith in christ right so i mean to me that's the most the most encouraging thing i can think of yeah yeah and that's that brings up another point too is the reason that god saved us you know you just said for abraham he had nothing else to swear you know higher than his name um i I forget exactly where it is forgive me i'll be like a uh, writer of hebrews actually for a second but someone said somewhere that god um god was speaking and i think it's in oh i forget anyway not gonna go on that but um God created, he said to Israel, he said that I didn't do this for you. You guys are rebellious. I did this for my name. Um, and I think that shows a lot about God. It kind of, you know, implies the fact that there is nothing else above God. And so for this supreme being to create us for himself, mind you, it, it's just, mm-hmm. we, we take that for granted a lot, even as Christians. Right, and doesn't the whole concept of grace make so much more sense if we understand this, that it's not about us, it's about God's right. God's uh, ability to be glorified and being merciful. Um, you know, like it reminds me of 2 Corinthians 4, where uh, it talks about we have this treasure in jars of clay to show uh, that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Um you know that that our salvation god has chosen these dirty broken vessels to contain his treasure within you know the treasure of his salvation um uh-huh. yeah and i i you know and there's tons of places where you know where the apostles talk about uh god saving the the weak and the 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 low and the sinful and foolish things of the world uh to shame mm-hmm. the wise you know and to you right know, um to to magnify his own glory and salvation. Right, right. And what's interesting, too, I'm sitting here reading Psalms, um, Psalm 19, uh, verse 1, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. That's one way that God has actually revealed himself to us, is through nature. Um, Now, granted, it's not enough to save you, always. Um, But God has revealed himself And what's interesting, I mean, think about this too, Brad, is that humans, and if you want to add the fallen angels in, too, you can, but what what I'm saying is, God can say to this star, all right, you're looking up in the night sky, and all of a sudden a shooting star flies by. God can say to that star, all right, 
you know, shoot by. Um, I don't know if, how that, if that's how it works, but, you know, close enough. <laughs> but anyway, the, but the point I'm making is that all, all of nature bows the knee to God. I mean, and everything that they're commanded to do, whether it's a, a, a tree growing to the clouds in the sky, everything is directed at his hand. And it's interesting that humans, the complete sinners that we truly are, we don't. We have this rebellious thing within us since the fall that, no, God, I, I see these clouds in the sky, how they're perfectly formed to the way that you've commanded it to, but I'm going to rebel against you. How arrogant are we to, you know, and I guess that ties into, well, we think that God's arrogant. How arrogant are we to say that, well, on my yeah. creator, I will defy you to your face. And we're the, we're the only creature in all of creation that does that right like mm -hmm. um like jesus said like uh you know he said if if you were silent this the rocks would cry out in in proclamation of my right. like like all of creation brings glory to god every knee will bow uh and we're the only ones who have sinned and fallen you know like actively rebel against him everything else you know or at least to my understanding everything else um yes is under the the temporal effects of the fall but you know no, nothing else was given god's image and then smeared god's image you know by through well, rebellion everything is subservient to him um and right. i guess i think we're the only ones yeah. who have the gall to just spit in his face yeah. every day right i guess you can add satan to that list i mean but satan and the angels they wasn't really yeah. made in his image um i mean yeah but um but you're right. I mean, we are the ones who have smeared God's image. And what's interesting enough is the Bible says that humans still hold that image of God within them. Um, you know what I mean? Even though it is a corrupted, a broken image, it's still there. That's why we can say, and we can stand for, you know, for people not to murder their babies, for you know, for an example, is because those little be those little babies are made in the image of God. We are the only ones that are made in the image of God like that. And it, yeah. and you're right to actively spit in His face and say, "No, I will defy you," is extremely arrogant. And to be honest with you, God should have done something with us a long time ago, and He did, which is amazing. He sent His Son to die for us. And how cool is yeah, that? Yeah, well, before that, he also flooded the world, but... <laughs> well, yeah, you know, take care of the Nephilim and stuff. I don't know how you guys feel about that. Right. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's that might be a whole other episode. Other yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to get off on that. Um, um, but, go ahead. But, yeah, they... Uh, I mean, I totally, you know, I'm totally tracking with what you're saying on that. Um, I totally lost my train of thought, too, with the Nephilim comment. <laughs> <laughs> So I did too. I just had, I'm outside of my house right now um, since I'm, you know, via phone and there's a little puppy dog that just ran up to me. So I got to play with him for a little bit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, that's understandable. Right? You guys, are, man, Tyler, guys Tyler is the most, <laughs> yeah, we've got this like professional setup with Noah and like, I've got my recording equipment and Tyler's just on a porch <laughs> on his phone. He's so laid back. I love it. What he lacks for an equipment he makes up for in passion. Exactly. Right, right. So, yeah, <laughs> I love it. Thank you, thank you, God, for this heart. I guess, but yeah, I mean, but um, so I, I guess let's. Um, do you want to? Is there anything else you want to say, or can we kind of transition into you know why Jesus came and how 
um, how salvation, because I really, I do want to hit on that, especially in the first episode. Um, yeah, go for it. What can we do to be made right with this creator? Because we've got to face it. Every single one of us before salvation are in the same boat. We're all condemned in the eyes of God. Every single one of us. And it's not like... And that, that is... Go ahead, go right, ahead. and to tie that, and to tie that in with the, with the topic, that's because we're made in God's image, and and actively smear that image through sin every day. Right, that's why we've right. provoked God, we've provoked His anger, and you know His justice against us. Um, right, you know, and I, you know that you know the preacher Paul Washer. He, uh, he oh man, he has a, a great line uh, that's the, the most terrifying truth in in the entire universe is the statement god is good and that's terrifying because we are not <laughs> we are not um right and right. yeah and god in and his goodness is just right and people mock at that well what do you mean god is good you, you nailed it because because we're not um and why that's scary is because every time we sin every time we rebel against this god he has the right the absolute right to strike us down. Um, one sin Absolutely. was enough to condemn the entire human race. The entire human race. And we sin multiple times a day. So God is merciful to the wicked and the good alike, um, righteous and unrighteous, by Him, you know, not only giving us what we need every day, food, provisions, clothing, but, you know, to not kill us, to not strike us dead. Um, yeah, that's called common grace. Yeah, that's called common grace. Yes, sir. And yeah, hundred percent right. Hundred percent right. So, so I guess. And so, what do we do about it? Yeah, right. Bring it home, Tyler. We do about that. Yeah. So, well, that's what I was going to say. What would you say, Brett, if someone were to come up to you and say, "Man, you know, I've been feeling guilty," because that's another thing we all have in common as humans. We all have this guilt, right? We all, um, we're all searching for an escape. I don't care who it is, whether it's, right. you know, I don't care what culture you come from. Every single one of us have this feeling of guilt. If we look back in the past, I'm sure we don't have to look far back. We can see that, or we can find out something. Uh, some people escape it through music. I escaped it through drugs before salvation. People escape mm-hmm. it, unfortunately, through suicide sometimes. Um, so We it, do everything we can to suppress that truth. Right, right. And, you know, it just doesn't work. And it shows that, especially in teen suicide, and any suicide, is that that person was so overfilled with guilt, and all they had to know is how to be forgiven, um, that, that yeah. there is forgiveness available. Um, how would you th- explain to somebody, Brad, that, um, hey, man, what do I need to do to get rid of this guilt? How can I be saved? Well, I'd say there's nothing you can do for starters. Like, you can't do some good work. Uh, You you can't go and help a whole old lady cross the street, uh, and that will somehow undo all of the evil sins that you've done in your life. Um, But, uh, sorry, it sounded like there was something crazy going on behind you. I get distracted. (laughs) Um, I had to run inside real quick. uh, Oh, my gosh. 
Um, I, anyways, I'd say there's nothing you can do. Your good works do not erase your sins. Uh, what you need is uh, your sins to be cleansed. You need uh, what's called atonement. Um, and if you look at the Old Testament, um, God gave uh, the Israelites, he gave them a sacrificial system. Um, to to act as an atonement or or a representation of the atonement that he would be given. So, if someone were to ask me what must I do to be saved, I'd say, well, you can't do anything, but there is someone who already did everything uh, that you need to right. be saved. And all you need, right. uh, all that is required is that you believe in him and that you, you place your trust and faith in his perfect deed and that that person is jesus uh he came to this right. earth he uh lived a sinless life that's a huge part of it um yeah he he was absolutely spotless and blameless in in god's sight because he never sinned um and because of that uh, and because of who he claimed he was he was also murdered um by by the romans and the uh the jewish uh authorities at the time um who thought of him as a blasphemer but in fact he is god in the flesh um right so because he was perfect and sinless he did this following god's plan this was not an accident he specifically uh philippians 2 says he stepped out of heaven to do this, he uh, he became a little lower than the angels, giving up uh, his his seat of authority and power to become like one of us. And in becoming like one of us, um, he took on our nature. And because of that, he uh, was capable of actually bearing the sins of a human being, of the entire human race. Um, and that's what he did on the on the cross that day it wasn't an accident that he was crucified uh you know he was delivered up to pontius pilate um by god's hand uh through the actions of evil men as it says in acts um and when when he did that he took your sins upon him he took my sins upon him and those sins were nailed to that cross and put underneath his feet forever um and so if you are in christ if you have faith in christ your sins are, all of your sins forever are forgiven. Uh, the book of Hebrews says um, that you have been perfected for all time by that one single offering. Um, and so, yeah, what must you do to be, to be forgiven and saved? You need to place your trust in Jesus Christ because you have no other hope. You have no other plea uh, before him. Right, right. And I, I was just looking in first. Peter, I think it was, for because um, you said that it wasn't this accident that Christ came. Um, I think it's First or Second Peter that says that no, this is actually what happened. This is what God planned before the foundation of the world um, that Christ would be mm -hmm. crucified for the sins of His people. And you're absolutely right on, on that tree. You said that a, a big part of it was Christ living a perfect life. Well, why is that? It's because that if Christ would have sinned once, now that we can get in the topic of could he have sinned, I personally think no, because of that deity, he's 100% God, 100% man. Um, but the fact of the matter that. is he, right, the fact of the matter is he didn't sin. Um, whether he could have or not is secondary, he didn't. And the reason that is, is because he never could have been the atonement, that perfect sacrifice 
um, if he uh, if he would have sinned. Um, he just would have not been another man. He would have been no different than the thief hanging on the cross. But God, or but Jesus fulfilled all of. The well, Jesus would have needed atonement himself in that case, right? Um, right. But even worse, exactly. he he was a member of. He was a member of uh, the Trinity, so God himself right. would have been undone if Jesus could have sinned. But the, anyways, right. yeah, that is secondary. But but like you said, it was necessary also that he did live that perfect life, uh, not just because it was crucial for him not to sin, but also um, on the cross, uh, he not only took our sins upon him, as 1 Corinthians says, he became sin who knew no sin, Um the second part of that says that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Um, right. So in that in that act act on the cross, he took upon our sins, but he also clothed us in his perfect righteousness. Right, right, and I think that's a big part of it too. Is because you're right. If if Jesus would have sinned, we never could have had the righteousness. The righteousness that we need to stand before God is innocent. Because not only was it that Jesus died for our sins. He had to, we would have just been sinless. No, no, we need a righteousness, as Martin Luther said, that is not our own. And that's where Christ's perfect mm -hmm. life comes in. A lot of people call it the act of obedience um, of Christ. Again, another topic. But the important thing is that we, once a person has faith, uh, I'll say this, and I don't want to sound like a heretic, okay? That's always a good way to start off a sentence, right? Oh, gosh. <laughs> It is works that save us. It is, but it's not ours. Jesus's perfect life is the righteousness that right. we need because we do need a righteousness, and we inherit, or as the Bible says, God imputes that righteousness to us. God declares us innocent by the death of Christ and the resurrection, and declares us innocent by His righteousness. And you know that right. involves the resurrection. God rose, or Jesus rose for our righteousness. Um, and it, it's just so. Whenever somebody tells me, "So what do I have to do to go to heaven?" Right? You're right. It's not what you can do. It's what's been done for you, possibly. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. Jesus died for every yeah. single person who would believe in him. Um, so, Amen. yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, and like uh, to to that point with the uh, when you're talking about how we also need that perfect righteousness on top of our sins mm -hmm. forgiven, I think that those are actually really closely tied together um, because it says uh, I, I forget um, I think it's it's in Romans somewhere where it says uh, whoever knows it might be James actually whoever knows the right thing to do but fails to do it sins right so yeah. that act yeah. of obedience is required to be sinless. You have to also actively obey everything God does uh, to be sinless. You can't just sit there and do nothing uh, refraining from actively sinning. You can passively sin too by ignoring God's call and ignoring sure. God's commands. Sure. Yeah. So um, there's no well, there's think... no escaping it. <laughs> you right, have right. to you so... have to believe in Jesus. Right, and, and that's the thing, you know, if someone, so I guess if someone were asking Tyler, what must I do to be saved, my answer would be the same as Paul's in Acts, I think, 16. Believe on the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. Romans 3.28 mm -hmm. um, says, we're, we're running out of time, man, this is going quick. 
Um, so Romans three yeah, twenty eight says, "For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from the works of the law." And actually, I did a video on Facebook. You guys can find it. Um, just look me up on my profile, Tyler Fowler, um, Indiana. Um, but I did a video last night about the difference, quote unquote, difference between Romans 3 and James 2. And as a matter of fact, Mm -hmm. Paul and James cannot be set apart because the Bible would be set apart at that. But with this righteousness, with this, you know, faith, like everything we do and everything, everything is motivated, motivated by faith, whether you're an atheist or a Christian, you're, you're motivated by faith. That's the very that's the key thing. Now sometimes that's blind faith. Um, sometimes it's faith evidenced by facts, but it's faith. And to be said that oh my goodness, this dog just oh, okay. Never mind. Sorry, um, I got this puppy <laughs> on my porch right now. Yeah, yeah. My wife brought him in the fence. So oh my we gosh, a, we got a dog. You're like you're yeah, like Paul. He's he's the thorn in your flesh. <laughs> he is. He's a he's a. You are the thorn. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's a minister yeah. of Satan. <laughs> no, he's too cute to do that. Um, but anyway, <laughs> well, Satan does come disguised as an angel of light, right? So maybe. Oh, keep my, or as a cute puppy. Ah, oh, oh, man. Um, but yeah, so it's faith in Christ. Um, I, I like, I forget who says it, but faith is the instrument um, that God uses to justify us. I, I've heard people say, and I, I don't understand it, but they say faith is not necessary. But the Bible says completely different. Or faith is a work. Somehow, um, we're, we're you know we're yeah that's crazy topics for the show. Yeah, because Paul himself says faith is not a work. Um, in Romans four, I think it is whenever he's comparing the works, um, he says so to the person who does not work, God justifies. And I love this sentence. God also Ephesians the ungodly. Uh huh. Yeah, when Ephesians says faith is a gift by God right. so that no man may boast before him. Like, right. it's right. explicit about that. For, yep. mm-hmm. for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is not yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Um, but, you know, like I was saying about Romans 4, I love it because God, this this God, this one who has created us, who deserves our, wor- our, our worship, who has not gotten it for us, he justifies the ungodly. And how, because we're all there, we are all, you know, if we look at ourselves, are extremely, extremely ungodly. Even for the person who says, I haven't sinned. The Bible says, if you claim you have no sin, you're a liar and the truth is not in you. We're all unworthy and undeserved to be saved. And that's why it's by grace, because grace by definition is undeserved kindness or favor. Um, so, yeah. I mean, whenever we, you know, what, what the point I'm making is that, you know, this God who we have literally spit in the face of loved us enough to send his son to die for us so that even though we don't deserve it, we could be forgiven. And I think that's the apex of it all, of this topic of why this world was created to begin with is because through us, God receives glory and praise and honor. And I mean, I don't know about you, Brad, but I think that's, that's a big, big factor, and I'm super, super glad you decided to do this topic with me, man, early on. Yeah, man, me too. Yeah, I t- amen to every single thing you just said, brother. 
for real. <laughs> um, so, I mean, uh, Noah, um, is there, man, you've been pretty quiet. Is there anything that you want to add to this? I just like hearing you guys dig into the actual theology. I, I guess, you know, there's a lot of content out there. There's a lot of people that are talking, that are preaching the message of, God died for your sins, and so you should accept him, and then you're saved, and then you can go to heaven, right? And that's a message that has been beaten into our craniums since the time we were born into, uh, you know, for 35 years. It just, at some point, you have to look and say, doesn't the Bible go any deeper, and can't we dig any deeper? And both of you guys, I know to be true Christian men that that want to dig deeper in and find out what else does the Bible say? It's the one and only document that we really have to document the life of Jesus and kind of show the example that he set. So, so how, how, how far can we dig into that and what can we learn? And then honestly, how can we start to apply what we've learned back into loving people? Because let me tell you something. I think that humanity, especially Christians in general, have mm-hmm. very much outlearned their capacity to love their fellow neighbor, right? Like we yeah. can point... Mm-hmm. We can point, I, 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 I know people like this, and I'm sure you do too. Uh, we know people that the first thing that they think every time they meet somebody is not, how can I love this person well, and how can I, how can I be a blessing to them and help them and serve them? Uh, the first thing that comes into their mind is, let me get on the checklist and figure out exactly all the things that I believe to be true in the Bible that you don't follow so that I can point you in the right direction, because you're wrong, and I should tell you that you're wrong, because, you know, and we go, we, what we call searching for sin, right? And, 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 right. and, and that's mm-hmm. a real problem, I think, in society. And how do we change that? How do we shift that? How do we shift the paradigm to instead of being, uh, let me go point down the sin. How can I point out and say, listen, you have sin. Everybody has sin. It doesn't matter. It's fine. It's okay. It's not accepted. It's not permissible, but it's okay. It's expected to have sin. It's expected to have sin, and you're okay by that. And, and, and if you think that you're going to earn God's love by trying to impress him by being less sinful than the other person, then you're, you're, yeah. you're, it's an exercise in frustration. It do, does nothing. Well, well, and you're sinning and doing that, right? Like oh, you're, absolutely. You're doing the right thing for the wrong reasons. Uh, and like if, if, you're, if you are obeying God, quote-unquote, uh, in order to— um, be better than someone else. You're not doing it for God's glory, right? Well, and you're living, you're sinning in that action. You're, you're living for love and acceptance rather than it, than taking the love and acceptance that was given for you and living from it, right? And so, yeah. and so, I, 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 really hope that in my lifetime, and I think it's possible. I really hope in my lifetime that I'm able to find a culture that I'm able to see the cultural shift where we go from uh, from checking boxes down a checklist into loving and accepting a God and a creator and a universe that was put here specifically for us as humans. I remember the very, it sticks out to me like a sore thumb. I remember when I, you know, growing up, the earth was created in seven days, the earth was created in seven days, the earth was created in seven days. And I remember getting into high school and, and, and beginning to, to learn a little bit about space and learn about, um, you know, the universe and stuff like that. And as I began to explore people started asking questions about how it could be physically possible to 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 assemble the universe in seven days. Now, the reality is, right, God can just snap his fingers and everything that would be needed for hundreds of millions of evolution, uh, hundreds of millions of years of evolution could instantly be created in, in a nanosecond if God wanted it to be, right? So putting all right. of that off to the side for a second, it dawned on me at some point how frustrated I'd become that my whole life, everybody concentrated on this day God created light, and this day God created this, and this, and 
and like and the real message behind Genesis was not necessarily that the earth was created in however many hours accumulates in seven days. It's not the point. The point of the message is that we as human beings reign over everything else. The whole universe was created for us, uh, a, a people that were made yeah. in God's image. And somehow that message has gotten lost on a bunch of people because we're so wrapped up in our I guess our search to prove one person is right and one person is wrong, and it and and, and it became so well, frustrating it's, it's to me. It's missing the it's missing the forest for the trees. Exactly. Right? I mean, that's that's the exact like meaning of that a phrase, really. That uh, you know, like if you're talking about Genesis, how they're how people have been so focused on the you know, okay, this is what happened here. Uh, you know, like. Here, 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 you, you talk about Sunday school. It's like you go through Noah's Ark 900 times. But how many, like, mm -hmm. how many kids know that the gospel is in Genesis all the way back in, right. in chapter 3? Mm -hmm. Almost no one, right? right? But that's the whole point right. of, of the entire Bible. Like, no one, it doesn't seem that we're taught well um, the, the overarching concepts of Scripture, what it's about, what it's for. Uh, we do lose the forest for the trees in, in, in getting wrapped up in these fine details of, okay, Earth created in seven days, Earth created in seven days, you know, yada, yada. Um, I said yada, yada. Can you believe that? It's, the 90s, it's perfectly apparently. appropriate in the, yeah. at, in, the, in the form that you used it in. Yeah, right. <laughs> fair enough. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think you're totally right. I think um, we do... And, and I'm guilty myself of this, too. Um, you know, like, again, uh, this is a complete sinner's guide. I'm the complete sinner to which the title refers. Um, to, to steal, uh, <laughs> um, what's his face? Todd, Todd Friel's uh, slogan. Um, but yeah, I'm guilty of this, too, when I, you know, I... Yeah, the, the wretch to which the song refers is his uh, slogan. Um but yeah, I mean, it is super common for us to just uh, lose sight of the why Christ came, you know, lose sight of the gospel and the fact that we're sinners and just want to be right, you know, like it's so important to our egos, even as Christians um, to, you know, to almost prove to ourselves that we're in the right. Well, and you know, it's um, interesting. Christian hate mail should be an oxymoron. And yet I've gotten enough of it to know that it's not. But the, the, the reality yeah. is this. Can, have, can you Same. think of any other thing in the world that has so many people so eager to disagree and to prove that, oh, to prove to prove that, let me let me let me, let me uh, I guess, use an example or an illustration if I can. If you have made it this far into the episode. I want you to think about what you've taken away, and I'll bet you, I'll bet you that everybody that has listened to this, if they if they quickly scan their memory of what they thought about the episode, their mind will immediately go to the one thing in the episode that they didn't agree with, the one thing that they thought we were yeah. wrong about. And what's so funny about right. that is it, Christianity, more than anything else, is probably the one thing that has a central being, a central thing to get excited and rally around, and one thing that we all claim to believe, and yet our minds instantly go to the one thing we disagree on. And it's just, that's just it's really a sad state for me, and I, that's what I want to participate in fixing or changing. Yeah, I can't yeah, tell you how many we, times that I've heard, you know, in Genesis, like, oh, the earth's got a dome. You know, we have a flat earth, blah, blah. No, let's talk about Genesis 15, where God crowned Abraham's faith as righteousness. That's what we're not hearing enough. Okay, that and, that's going to have so, to be a whole other episode, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right, right, 
Right, but at the same time, I think we've got one minute left in this. So to wrap up um, everything that we've said in a nutshell, this we are all sinners. We, we, we disagree with things, you know, with each other in a sinful way. We, we've all, like if you're like me, have, have done things that we, we, you shouldn't have, you know, you feel guilty for. And, and just, but I just, you know, if I can speak for all of us, just one second, that, we have hope. There is hope in Jesus Christ, and all it takes is, is faith. Faith is the key that unlocks the door. Um, that, that, that's a cliched statement, but it, at the same time, there's just so much truth packed into that. God counted Abraham's righteousness. Or righteousness. He counted it through faith. So. Yep, this is going to go extremely, extremely fast. Uh, so.